Hey, my name's Alex, and welcome to Alex Listens. This is the place where I talk about things like philosophy and politics and identity and race and mental health and that kind of stuff. So you might be wondering, who are you, Alex? And, well, I'm someone who lives in Melbourne, and I don't really know what else to tell you. But I have this podcast, and I have this kind of project thing where I talk about things like philosophy and all those other words that I used before. And if you want to find out more about me, you can do so very easily. And you just need to pick up your phone or tablet or computer or smart electronic device or your smart TV and um, go on www.alexalex.co. There you'll find everything you need ever for anything ever. Yeah. Um, Oh, I have a YouTube channel. You can watch my face. You can watch me on YouTube if you like. Um, And I have some essays that I've written on my website and some other information that you might find helpful. Um, Before I begin this episode, which is about happiness and happiness and being happy and being happiness and what it means and whether it means anything and whether it's worth pursuing and whether we can pursue it in a way that's meaningful and whether it's something that we should strive for and whether it's something that should occupy our time or whether it's just a big waste of time. Before I talk about all of that stuff, if you're enjoying Alex Listens, there are a number of ways um, for you to support it. Um, you can do so via Patreon, which is a really easy platform to use. Um, it's great. It allows me to afford to run the podcast because it's expensive and I don't have ads and I won't have ads because I'm not that kind of person and I'm not going to thrust some bullshit down your throat that you don't want to consume. Um, so yeah, Patreon's great. Otherwise PayPal, there's a PayPal link. All of these links will be found on the podcast bio. Um, otherwise, uh, you can go on my Instagram and click on the link in my bio there. My Instagram handle is at Alex listens. You should go and follow me. That's where I post all my updates about my episodes and I post some photos of cool things. Otherwise I'm on Facebook at Alex listens project because for some reason Alex listens was taken, but I'm pretty sure it was taken by me on another Facebook account that, um, got deleted because, I made it just for the podcast and Zuckerberg was like, Alex, you fucking fraudulent scamming bastard. This isn't real. So he deleted it. Anyway, that's all. If you're enjoying the podcast, you should support it if it's within your means. And you should get in contact with me and let me know who you'd like me to interview or whatever. You can contact me very easily on any platform, email, My email is contact at alex.co. No one likes email, so no one ever sends me emails. That's really okay. Um, I have a mailing list as well, which I will use more. And I'm also going to write some more blog stuff. I've done some blog posts in the past, but haven't done some for a while. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say for now. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Okay, so I suppose the most natural place to begin would be by trying to define happiness. So I guess I'll ask a question. What is happiness? And philosophy, the thing that I study, 
at university is uh, very preoccupied or once was very preoccupied with trying to define happiness and trying to um, frame it in terms of ethics and morality and behavior. And I guess now maybe that's kind of the undertaking of like cognitive science. I think there's a lot of research into, you know, behavioral economics and um, cons- consumption and people's relationship to happiness and consumption and that kind of stuff. Um, but I guess <clears throat> there is some, there are some ethical questions that relate to happiness. Anyway, I'm not doing what I said I'd do, which was define happiness. So I'm going to try and do that. For me, happiness is... Okay, so this is not... Before, let me just preface my definition of happiness. This is before... You can't... I'm not assuming that happiness is the most important thing in our life. Or even a very important thing. Maybe it is a bit important. Maybe it's pretty important. I'm not sure. But in me defining it, don't assume that I'm treating it as this all-important or inspiring thing. Okay, so I think happiness is the mental state that produces a feeling of pleasure or enjoyment of something or fulfillment or contentment. I think it's a positive thing. So I don't think I don't and that like that's contrasted with a negative thing. So I don't think happiness is the absence of pain. I think happiness is something. I think it actually is something. Um, I think it's, you know, the experience of it's not the experience of the absence of pain. It's the experience of, you know, the kind of warm, blissful freedom associated with, I don't know, seeing a friend that you haven't seen for a while and really enjoying their company or listening to one of your favorite songs and realizing, you know, why you like it so much or eating your favorite food. Yeah, I'm sure you get the gist now. So yeah, I think, I think happiness is, I think it's a totally experiential thing, right? So I think, as you may have noticed, it's hard to put it into words because you just end up throwing similar sounding adjectives that describe this, you know, idealized, warm, joyous, pleasant, validating, rewarding, satisfactory, satisfying experience. But I guess it's hard to know what it actually is. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to put into words. It's just a warm and nice and good experience and presumably it's an experience that you want and I guess there is there's a relationship between happiness and the absence of it right because there's this whole thing about only being able to know what something is by experiencing its absence so I guess in that sense happiness kind of is negative or it requires the absence of it to understand what it is So there's this thought experiment in philosophy, which is kind of a a criticism of hedonism. And I've done an episode on hedonism. You can go on back and you can go back and listen to it if you like. And the uh, the criticism of hedonism is this is by a philosopher called Robert Nozick, 
and it's called the uh, the experience machine. And it goes something like this. Uh, so suppose that there's a machine in front of you and you can go and sit inside the machine. And if you go inside the machine, you will experience the highest level of happiness that you have ever experienced in your life forever, constantly, throughout the day, during your sleep as well. But you won't do anything. You'll just be in the, sitting down in this machine experiencing this extreme high level of happiness. Okay, and so we have to, <clears throat> we have to put aside you know, some of the, I guess, because it's a thought experiment, we just have to accept that that's possible because many of you might think that's impossible. We can only experience happiness by engaging with the world in a complex way that isn't just by sitting in a chair in a machine. So put that aside, just imagine that it actually is possible. I bet the majority of you wouldn't want to experience that because you place value in your lived experience, you place value in the complexity of life in, you know, in the troubling times, because you learn lessons, and it allows you to engage more successfully with the world. Um, You're able to help others who are going through hard times. And you know, that might rub off on you, and you might have a hard time as well. But you know, nevertheless, it's still really meaningful. It's still really rewarding. And even though it might not be, you know, an entirely pleasurable experience, there might be moments where it's extremely difficult. Otherwise, you know, there might also be moments where it's really great. You know, you get to develop this friendship with this person, whatever. Um, yeah, so I guess the point is happiness probably isn't this eternal thing. It isn't this perpetual state of kind of, yeah, it almost sounds like delusion, that thought experiment. You're I mean, it's not real, right? You're in a machine. You're not having a conscious experience of anything apart from that sensation. And, you know, it's hard to say whether that's actually conscious because does consciousness require more than just like, you know, some kind of brain activity or whatever? Do you need like, do you actually need to be having some understanding, having you know, an awareness of yourself with respect to the world? Um, okay, so yeah, I guess... Defining happiness, you know, we can throw a few adjectives at it, but I guess, yeah, it's, it's a good experience. Okay. So yeah, hopefully that's, that gives you some stuff to think about. The next thing is, next thing I wanted to talk about is, um, why, what does happiness have to do with us? So is there anything in our nature like what, for example, why do people, why is the West, why is all consumerism based on, or why is pretty much all consumerism based on making your life feel better, making yourself feel better, making your surroundings more comfortable, being more productive, being faster, being smarter, being stronger, all of these things, which presumably you wouldn't do any of them if they weren't going to make you more happy. Imagine if all of these things are going to make you really sad and you knew they were going to make you really sad, would you do any of them? Probably not. I guess, you know, the hope in buying, in consuming and the hope in doing things is to try and improve something. Um, and I guess maybe, maybe we have been tricked 
into believing that improvement is aligned with happiness, that improvement and happiness go hand in hand, because they probably don't. I mean, you can have a lot of improvement without, you know, that necessarily resulting in people being happy or the consequence being happy or the aim being happiness. Um, you know, we might have a a different motive like freedom or something. Um, but you know, maybe, yeah, I guess it's hard. It's hard to break down human experience to a binary of happy and unhappy or experiencing pleasure and not experiencing pleasure. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'm, I am puzzled by our relationship with happiness and the fact that people, so including me, you know, I spend so much time thinking about what I enjoy and what brings me, what I find meaningful and what I find grounding and what I find eye-opening, um, and a lot of the time, my preference is to do things which are enjoyable and which are positive and happy and fun experiences. Um, obviously, you know, as a depressed person, I struggle uh, some of the time with that and there's not really much I can do. And I'm kind of bound to this um yeah, you know, I feel shackled and I feel very tired and uninspired and feels like there's a real dampener put on my capacity to experience happiness. Uh, nevertheless, I still feel compelled to feel happy. I still want to feel happy and I want those around me to feel happy. Um, I've been doing this meditation course um, by Sam Harris. It's really great. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's called the waking up course, pretty arrogant name, but, um, pretty, uh, humble journey for me. Uh, it's been, and one of the things that you do is this experience, this, um, practice called meta, which means loving kindness. And (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going uh, like, uh, yeah, I guess, um, it, what you do when you're doing this, that particular practice is at least one of the things that you do is you try to imagine someone, you know, who someone, you you try to imagine someone being very happy and being very fulfilled in their life. And I found that that was, yeah, that made me feel really, really alive and really full, um, more than I feel most of the time, if not all of the time. And I guess that got me thinking about, um, you know, the kind of inescapability of, of happiness and wanting that for others and wanting that for myself and wanting that for people I care about and wanting that for people who I don't even know, um, and wanting that for people who don't feel like they have it. Because it just seems to be, it seems to be a good experience. One of the good experiences, if not one of the best experiences. And I said before that when I was, I prefaced my definition of happiness with a kind of statement that, you know, was critical of, was kind of hinting at me being a critic of happiness as something that's important. And obviously it's important to be happy, right? Um, We 
you know, if you're sad all the time, if you're literally, if you're sad literally all of the time, uh, I guess you have quite a, you have quite a, an unhappy life. And I guess the next question is, um, if you compare, is there any objective way of saying or determining or defining or concluding that one person's life was better for them than another's? So if someone doesn't know what it's like to be happy and they never experience happiness, should we say that they have lived a worse life than someone who has been happy consistently throughout their life? See how weird that is? It's a very uncomfortable thing to do to tell, to make a conclusion about whether someone's life was good for them because we're not them. And often we apply our own definitions of things or we use our own interpretive framework that is based on our understanding of the world and what it means and what's important to others to understand their experiences and to make a value judgment about them. So maybe, I guess maybe we have to be careful about doing that. And one thing, so I just posted um, a an essay on my website. So if you go to www.alex.co, let me just pull it up actually, www.alex.co slash writing, writing with a W, you know, um, there will be, yeah. Okay. So the top link is called hedonism and the good life. And that, that is an essay that I wrote on hedonism and it's kind of, yeah, it argues that there is that what makes someone's life worth living Oh, what, what makes someone's life good is what makes someone's life good for everyone is different from what makes someone's life good for them. So someone can have a good life for themselves and do horrific things, but they might really, it might bring them immense happiness or pleasure or satisfaction or validation or something. And I guess those are good things. So we should say that that person has probably had a good life for themselves, but that has nothing to do with the with their life in the context of everyone's life because you know we're social beings we live in a world with others and so our output to the world the things we do to the world aren't negligible right they have Im- they have an impact if i do something if i radically change my life no doubt it's going to impact those around me it will impact my housemates my you know my family those around me my friends um Yeah. So yeah, I guess, um, the question that I was that, yeah. So the next question that I asked after what our definition of happiness was, is why we, why we think about it so much and why we care about it and why, and whether it's actually important. And I guess, yeah, it is important because I guess I'm, I am, in some sense, a hedonist. And I guess put aside your traditional definitions of what a hedonist means. Like, no, I'm not a glutton. 
I don't have, you know, really idiosyncratic practices that are kind of pathological that bring me immense pleasure. Um, even if I did, I probably wouldn't announce them on the podcast, right? Um, maybe you do and that's okay. That's cool. Um, I guess so long, you know, read my essay and then ask yourself if, ask yourself one, if you're convinced by my position and two, whether, you know, you're allowed to pursue things that are pathological and harming others, uh, even if they bring you joy, um, and pleasure, probably not. So, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is situate happiness in the context of what it means to be a person. And I guess what it means to be a person is to have experiences and to be around other people. And there are going to be good, there are going to be experiences which we determine to be good. And there are going to be experiences which we determine to be bad. And I imagine for pretty much every person, a good experience is a happy experience. A bad experience is an unhappy experience. Most of the time, right? Unless, you know, I guess unhappy maybe isn't as clear as happy. Happy seems to be, you know, pretty positive. Most of the time, it's a good, a good thing. Unhappy, you know, I might have like an un, I might be unhappy after a conversation with a friend, but you know, it might have been a really important conversation and I may have realized a lot and it was really important. So I guess, in that, you know, it was a good, it was a good conversation, even though it was unhappy. So there's this kind of tension there. And I guess, you know, you could say the same thing about happiness, right? You could be happy after having a conversation with a friend, but you know, um, maybe it was a conversation that you really wanted to had because you really wanted to have because there was, you know, a tension in the friendship and something wasn't working and you're very happy that you brought, you know, you broached this topic with them and you raised an issue and you're kind of proud of yourself for holding your ground. And I guess in both of those cases, I did something kind of strange, which was direct the happiness towards something in particular or the unhappiness. So it was either happiness about X or unhappy about X. X being a specific feature of whatever the experience was. And so where I go from there is, is it possible to have a kind of total sum calculation of happiness or unhappiness? And Jeremy Bentham, an English uh, philosopher who's actually in a box in University College London, where I studied. Um, he's in a box and you can see him. He wanted to stay there in a box. <laughs> he died a long time ago in, I don't know, the mid to late 1800s or something, maybe a bit earlier. Yeah, he's in a box so you can go and see him and maybe it will make you happy and he'll be really proud. Uh, but he had this idea, he had this calculus called the Felicific calculus. I think it's, let me try and fairly. Yeah. Okay. F E L I C I F I C. Felicific. Um, and yeah, he actually had like this algorithm. He made this like equation. I guess that's a more appropriate way. He had this equation for calculating pleasure. Uh, and there are a number of factors 
the intensity, the duration, the certainty, uh, the remoteness, the fecundity, the purity, and the extent. Seven factors which influence the the worth of a particular, the value of a particular experience. And I guess maybe it's hard to have like a number value. Maybe like, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh, like I, yesterday, when I reflect on the whole day, I think it was plus 10. Like, what does that mean? What the, what are you talking about? It was plus 10, right? But maybe, maybe you just mean that it was a good day. It was a happy day. It was, you're happy when you reflect on the day, you are happier that the day happened than you're, <laughs> than you're um, unhappy that it happened. But then we have to, there's another even more weird thing, which is like the temporality of happiness, right? So for example, I could go, I don't know, at the moment, oh, well, for a while I've like, I guess I ate a lot of bananas and I like them. And I guess, let's say I really like them, like really, you know, like really, really like them. And I could go and eat like 15 bananas because I think there probably are about 15 bananas in the kitchen. So let's say I go and eat 15 bananas. Maybe in the moment it would be exceptional. It may be the fucking ultimate experience of pleasure possible for me. So let's suppose that's actually what happens. I go and eat 15 bananas. And during, you know, the kind of potassium, warm, gooey, sweet rush of my banana consumption, I'm having the time of my life. But, you know, 15 minutes later, I have crippling digestion problems and, um, yeah, so much potassium in my, in my body that, you know, I'm drifting around the, um, the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. So I guess the point there is it's possible for happiness. Okay. Okay. So in the moment, the experience may have been great. 15 minutes later, maybe there is immense unhappiness as a result. So what do you do in that case? How do you effectively gauge whether or not an experience is worth having? What do you do? Do you have to run some kind of calculus? Is it even possible to quantify happiness? Um, A question to think about. Maybe you think so. If you have any cool thoughts about that, you should send me a message. Um, Then another thing that I wanted to talk about is the relationship between happiness and self-worth. I guess I kind of already have spoken about this a little bit when I was talking about our capacity to say that someone else's life is better than another person's life or that my life is better than someone else's or that your life is better than mine or whatever. Um, But I guess that's slightly different to what I wanted to talk about now, which is do we actually... Should we actually treat happiness as something essential to to being a human? As in, is it a valid measure? Is it something that should feature in our discussion or our 
our evaluation of whether our life is going in a good direction or not. And I guess there's some, there's some framework that we have to use, right? And I guess there is some framework that we do use. And a lot of it is provided to us by the society that we live in. Um, you know, which university do you go to? If you're at a high ranking one, wow, fuck yeah, good on you. Like maybe, maybe you're going to work on Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, whatever. Um, for many people, that's, you know, their actual goal. They want to do that. They want to follow that path. Um, and I guess traditionally, we are taught and told in the West, in Australia, I feel like I've been told that there is value placed on being competitive and value placed on succeeding in competition. And supposedly, or I imagine, I'm supposed to feel happy as a result of achieving the... Achieving the tasks set out for me by this kind of ambiguous social guiding narrator figure, multi-faced person who tells me what is worth things and what isn't worth my time. But that's often not the case. So if you've listened to any of my episodes before, you'll know that or if you've listened to any of my episodes on depression and my experiences with depression, you'll know that I have been I have felt the lowest, often the lowest times in my life have been when things have been, when I've achieved what I've set out to achieve. And then I've kind of reflected on my, on the journey of achieving them. And I don't know, just felt really sad and upset and disheartened by it all. And so, yeah, I guess the relationship between happiness and what other people tell us is or what what we're socialized to believe is important isn't a very clear relationship maybe you think it is and maybe you've been able to derive a lot of maybe you've been able to feel as though you were nourishing whatever kind of metaphysical thing you think exists like maybe you know you think you have a soul or maybe you think whatever, you know, you've got a third eye and a decalcified pineal gland or whatever. Maybe, you know, maybe you think, maybe you think there is something that is being fed, but I haven't ever really felt that. So whatever you're having, give me some of that, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe I've said all that I want to say. I think so. I guess one curious thing is medication that people are prescribed. For example, antidepressants. What is their objective? Is the objective to make people happy? (laughs) Is the tablet that people swallow just a means of directing, just the means of promoting experiences of happiness? Or is there something deeper? Is there something else that's more important? For example, not feeling depressed. Is that more important than feeling happy? Um, I don't know. Maybe you have your thoughts. Uh, I guess I'm not quite sure yet. I think they're both hand in hand. I place immense value in not feeling depressed. But at the same time, there is some kind of deeply sadistic tendency of mine to kind of relish 
the really low points of depression and fear leaving depression. I kind of fear going back to being, you know, more productive and being more enthusiastic about things. I guess when I'm depressed, I feel kind of disgusted by that. Um, and by the thought of being, you know, a regular kind of normal contributor to society. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure I've, hopefully I've given you a lot of stuff to think about and it'd be great if you could tell me what you thought about this episode. Um, or if you thought I kind of left some things open and maybe you wanted to hear me do another episode on something different. So you know how to get in contact, message me on Instagram at Alex listens on Facebook at Alex listens project, or send me an email contact at alex.co. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Remember, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can support it in a number of ways. Patreon, PayPal, just tell a friend, whatever. It's pretty easy, you know. Um, thanks for listening. Have a nice day. Bye. Yeah, so how long can I keep doing this shit? Yeah, left forever, that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling.